Hey, Aftergrads, welcome back to yet another episode of the Aftergrad Podcast, a show where we unpack the Aftergrad journey. I'm Robert Kane, aka Classy Kane, photographer, marketer, and recent graduate of Claremont McKenna College. What's up? What's poppin'? What's good, you guys? My name is Victoria. I recently graduated from Austin College with a double major in international economics and finance, and East Asian studies concentrated in Mandarin Chinese, and currently venturing into my own personal research into the fashion industry. And today, we're here to talk about some Aftergrads that we wanted to highlight. There's been many people who have come across our path and we feel like they're doing inspirational work, which is why we wanted to take upon ourselves to highlight some of the aftergrads who are still in this aftergrad community that we're trying to forge and then also just extend our connections and friendships beyond the circles that we already have. That's true. That's this aftergrad moment. And aftergrads, <laughs> we, we wanted to come to you guys and get real with you about yeah. what the aftergrad looks like what this person is, who she or he or they are mm -hmm. about. We didn't want you to think that being an aftergrad, living in this moment, pursuing your purpose and being creative in your purpose is only an artistic route. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like fashion. Kane likes fashion. Period. Kane likes photography. Yeah, marketing. I like, right, mm -hmm. exactly. Both of our interests lies in the artistic creative fields, but I, I do want to say I, I like finance. You I, do, right. I do You're like multifaceted, as we'll yeah, get into later. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. I hope for those of you who are tuning in, maybe you're in the business sector, maybe you're in design, maybe you're in health, exactly. you know, medicine. There's exactly. many industries and we're going to be listing a lot of aftergrads who are working across various industries today. Some of the names that we mentioned, finance, medical, yeah. business. And mm -hmm. we just want to make sure that Obviously, we are pursuing fields in the creative industries, but we just want to make sure that this is a space where people who are pursuing any type of career, you're still an aftergrad and we want you to be welcomed into right. this space and community. Exactly. Because it's about the concept. It's yeah. not necessarily about the definition. And that's like what we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. There's a story that I hold really dear to me and I came across it when I was around 10 or 12 and it was by Plato and it's basically called The Allegory of the Cave. And I think it really applies to what the aftergrad concept is. And when we think about this concept, it's a lot bigger than just being a creative person. It lies with it within all of us. And it's just about all of us taking action on that thing. For those of you who do not know the story, it starts off, it's these four men and it's they're in a cave and they're chained to the cave and they cannot turn around and out to see what's outside the cave, right? And so what they have is a fire behind them and these puppets that are projecting shadows onto a wall, right? And all these people see are these shadows. And these, this is, and over time, this becomes a perception on life. This is what they think is reality and this is what they think is true. And after a minute, they let go, they unleash one of the men and he goes outside of the cave. And at first it's very bright and it's very new to him and it's very abrupt and it doesn't feel comfortable, right? But then he gets acclimated to the environment and he begins to wander around. So he comes back to the cave and he has a new perception of what his real truth is. And instead of, and, the, and Plato says, you can take two routes with this. You can either one, think that you're above those people who are in the cave and you can enslave them or two, you can just give back to them and try to teach them the ways and the real new truth, right? But to sum it up, aftergrads, we are the people who find our perspective, who find our reality, who mm -hmm. find our truth, who find our purpose. And we want to act on it by giving back, showing it to others. And it's about that return. It's mm -hmm. about that return process that's beyond ourselves. Right. And I think 
that is what after grad embodies. So through finance industry, through the creative industry, through design, and if I don't mention your industry, apologies, but you are included as well. All of us can be after grad. Mm -hmm. That is our, that is our, yeah, yeah, that is our, our allegory. And we came across some dope people that mm -hmm. are across boards beyond ourselves that we wanted to bring up to the table to mention and to highlight who are living out the allegory. And in return, they are living a purposeful right. and I want to say, you know, pretty affluent lifestyle. Right, they're happy with the way that yes. they're living out their life, yes. which is super important. But mm -hmm. if, before we get into that, I want to go back and extend the symbolism of the allegory of the story, just because I think it's important in terms of the people who are trapped in this cave. I think it's important to note that in terms of representation, I think that that is the aftergrad, the people who are initially trapped in the cave being shown these shadows of realities, these have-truths. We're the people that have been trapped in the cave being told that we're supposed to live life a particular way are only being shown pieces of the truth. And in the allegory, this man is released from the cave and like you were saying, sees the reality. And so these aftergrads that we're going to be sharing today are living out this life and they do a great job of sharing their experiences and their perspectives with other aftergrads in hopes that it can be a light for the people who haven't received that knowledge just yet exactly. in order to uplift the community. We're the ones stepping out. We're right. the ones that are choosing to be released, to mm -hmm. choosing to be unshackled, to be unchained. To live passionately right. in what we believe we, to be true. Mm -hmm. We just want to see, we know that there's something else out there. Mm -hmm. And with doing that, we find it. And then when it speaks to us, we come back. Yep. And yeah. we share the love with other people who might be interested, which is what exactly. we do on this podcast and which is leading us to share some of the names of the aftergrads. These are all talented people, like we said, working across multiple industries. I'm so excited to get yeah, into it. Yeah, no, because these are really inspirational people. Some are super young, some are a little bit later in their career, but they all are doing great work. Mm -hmm. And would you like to start us off with yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all our aftergrad yeah. people. This is, this is I, our community. If they <laughs> came up to me, it would just be a bow. It, or just like a, just a slight like, right. I appreciate you so much. Majority of them are older. And so I just have high respect and high regards for them because they did the motion that we are currently in. And it just means a lot to see what is a product of that. And one of them, I want to start off with Richard Crave. He's like the oldest of the group. He's 29, graduated from Cornell. And he is so cool. This is, <laughs> this is your finance hat I, coming I'm on right really, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying my hardest not to geek out on this show. Yeah. But he really speaks to me. He is in the finance industry and he is honestly changing the game. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the term cryptocurrency, but that is something that our financial institutions are moving towards quietly, some very publicly about it. So definitely look it up. There's YouTube videos, right. there's other links that we will also leave down below. But Richard Crave, he created Numerai. He's the founder of Numerai, which is basically a hedge fund within the cryptocurrency realm. And so basically, instead of it being the foundation upon economists, which it still is, I definitely want to say that, and of brokers and of accountants of watching equity and assets and foreign exchange and trade and so forth, his hedge fund, it's founded on the basis of data science, of AI, of computer science, whiz kids, and of course, the basics, the economics and the financial inclination as well, inserting that in there to create predictions within cryptocurrency realm. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm still I, trying I, to understand it. You were explaining it to me and I was doing my own research on Richard Crabe and there's there's so much that goes into it because he was like a computer scientist. We yes. found he majored he, in computer math, science. Math. math and applied machinery. So he probably definitely knows data science now. Sure. If you know math, you 
that's why I love math so much because it's it's the foundation of a lot of different yeah. things that are standing today. But definitely look them up if you're in the finance industry, if you're in the business sector, if you want to be an investor, get into it. Get to know Numerai. Numerai mm-hmm. is definitely going to be a hedge fund for representing multiple corporations who are wanting to enter the cryptocurrency realm. Right. And I guess if cryptocurrency is a new term for you, if you're not familiar with cryptocurrency and NFTs, I think one thing I want to mention on the show consistently is the act of being multifaceted and multi-talented, having different arenas. So maybe you're not interested in finance directly, but I think in terms of aftergrads, it's always important for us to think about how we can build generational wealth in certain instances, just financial security for ourselves. And I think cryptocurrency is one avenue for that. And I think it's really great what Richard yes. Crabe is doing over at Numerai. Yeah, cryptocurrency, getting into it is definitely meant for any and everyone. But for those of you who are currently in corporations with finance and you're looking for a future in like accounting mm-hmm. or in investing and so forth, looking at a hedge fund that works with the corporations like Numerai is definitely something to look yeah. into. And if you are in data science as well or a comp site chick, then definitely look into that as well. He hosts weekly tournaments in which you can attribute your formulas, your algorithms. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a winner, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner, yep. you get to get some moolah. Period. But um, aside from that, he's just honestly creating a dope empire. And this man is only 29 years old, mm-hmm. decentralizing investments, which is really huge and changing the game. And this is what gets me excited. Yep. This is what gets Woo! me all ramped up. <laughs> and that's why I need to calm down. But yeah. he is dope. He stepped out. He saw a problem and... His problem that I feel like he saw and what he kind of gets at in some of his interviews is that it's so complicated. This mm-hmm. industry just seems overly complicated and not only it's complication that concerned him, but also if you were someone who are trying to get in the game, who are trying to get yourself certified, right? The certificates that you need in order to be mm-hmm. a creditable trader. It's way too complicated in these institutions. And so he has made it a lot easier for anyone who has the skills in computer science and economics and so forth to come up with an algorithm that predicts for people without you having to go above and beyond to go get a degree just to have a certification to make you seem reputable. That was his problem that he saw and that's what he decided to act on and Mm -hmm. that's what interests him and that's what made him a dope after grad. Right, and as a result, he's improving the financial industry from living out that passion that he saw. Exactly. For the next person, I'm really excited to talk about this girl. She is currently an undergraduate at University of California at Berkeley. She started her business while she's still an undergrad. And I think it's super important to highlight people who are finding ways to manage their time while they're still an undergrad Mm -hmm. because they have these different pressures. They have the lack of time. They have the many assignments that are pulling at them. But yet, Kashish Janesha is managing a boba tea business. She recently launched in San Francisco her first storefront by the name of Aura Boba Tea and Coffee. And she launched this business when COVID hit. Basically, when you're an undergrad, you have many countless sleepless nights that you're experiencing and you need different pick-me-ups. For her, it was boba tea as well as caffeine. And she noted Ooh, boba tea. Boba That's tea. Sweet. It is sweet. And it's boba funny. Sweet. It's funny that you mentioned that it's sweet yeah. because her big concern was how sugary the boba drink was. Really? Yes. And she wanted to have a solution where boba could be both enjoyable with the goodness of the taste, but also healthy to the consumer. <gasps> And so, no, it's actually Oh, I gotta brilliant. go try it. And Wait, where is she? She's in San Francisco. San her Francisco, first guys, I'm going. just opened in San Francisco. Yep, Aura Tea is the brand name. And that was her big thing. She wanted to be 
able to enjoy boba tea because she was drinking it daily yeah. and wanted it to be healthy for the consumer. So she launched this brand with her best friend. And what's really interesting about this girl, and shout out to you for doing this because I have mad respect for you. She received an offer letter from JP Morgan and turned it down. Turned mm. down the offer letter from JP Morgan. And as she mentioned, I actually found this girl, Kashish, via a LinkedIn post. And basically she was mentioning how she's the product of immigrant parents and she, when she first got to university, her two goals were A, to get the diploma, to get mm-hmm. the degree, as we've mentioned before, right. and then to get a nine to five position. So she got that item that she worked so hard for right. in undergrad, but yet there was this passion that was tugging at her, that right. was telling her to go in a different direction. And that pulled her out the cave. That pulled her out the cave, literally. Yeah. And she just went with it. So it was as if she was the one person who was shackled in the cave that was released and saw the light, saw something new for herself. And I'm so proud of you, Kashis. That's wonderful that you're being able to live out this business. And she a baddie at the same time. Check and she her a baddie at check her no. Instagram. We're going to post all those Home links. Baddie. For sure. Yeah. She's really, yeah. I'm, she's about that life. And yeah. I'm definitely going to go out and try it because mm-hmm. that was my thing with Bubba T. I... Just always thought it was so sweet. Everybody's like, it's all about those bubbles. I'm like, yeah. those bubbles are burst of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I love sugary items. I love sugary treats. Yeah, That's my yeah. thing. I'll eat them all day, every day. It is about that but, life. <laughs> so I'll still check it out. I'm very curious. I can go for a little healthy option too, but I still want to add my five packs of sugar yeah. with creamer every day. In regards to Kashish's journey, in the article that I was reading, it was published on Voyage LA. She mentions the ups and downs. We led this episode with discussing the importance of aftergrads who somehow see instances of success or see the light quote unquote get to their living out their passion for themselves to highlight the ups and downs and kashish was very specific in this article to highlight how launching a business living out your dream going against the grain in industry is not an easy task Mm -hmm. and for me i connected with that heavy because we're in the midst of creating items that are larger than ourselves and she was just very clear that it's not easy it is a difficult task and I don't want to take that lightly, but I'm yeah. very happy that I've made it to this point right. to live that out for myself. So again, cause she's congratulations and thank you for sharing that story with us. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to you for sure. And shout out to entrepreneurship. Yeah. In addition to entrepreneurship, one woman, one lady, one beautiful chick named Valentina Voigt. Very similar. She's in LA. Check her out. She started off as a comp sci major in college and then she dropped out. She said it wasn't... It, she Period. didn't like it. Yeah. She really didn't like mm-hmm. it. And it was eating at her. And she basically was saying in an interview that she knew too for a minute. And then she called her mom. Shout out to mom. Yeah, no, shout out to moms the who are there. Know. They know. Yeah, the they mamas, know. They know. Yeah. They know They raised up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know you through and through. <laughs> yes. I can speak to that. Yes. And so she called her and she was like, hey, I'm just not feeling this. And her mom was like, well, why don't you be back into fashion? Love fashion. Mm-hmm. And she apparently before college, she was into fashion. And then she also knew computer science. Right. And she knew the digital platforms like Adobe software. Right. Shout so out to my forth. girlies who do math, computer science, numbers, and then have a creative that's curve my on the side. I'm here. That's my type of friend too. That's my type of people that I try to look for. Because I just think that's so sexy. You can have conversations <laughs> about finance and then you can come over yeah. here into the creative realm and create brands and create mm-hmm. experiences. Shout out to Valentina. Really, really. Yeah, she's a baddie for sure. And so she harps on that. She mm-hmm. harps on that harder process and she breaks it down and really tells us how she used her tinier businesses to leverage her larger business that is now multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. that offers health insurance to her employees. That's huge. That's a corporation. 
By then, yep. that's a corporation. Did y'all hear that? Healthcare benefits. Yeah, yeah, Healthcare yeah. benefits so, to all your employees. That's important. Exactly, exactly. That's key. It's um, Voight by Valentina, and what she started off with was a calendar. Mm. It was a really cute, very sexy calendar. Right. Um, it sold for a good bank. And then she said, mind you, I'm still working. Mm-hmm. I'm still actively serving. I'm hustling for in the midst of this. So though it looks like a glamorous lifestyle, there's there's stuff, the background work, right? Mm-hmm. And so she used that money to then invest into a, not office space, a studio space. And then she started using her computer science abilities and also her artistic abilities and created these themes, right? And around these themes, she would create these collections for bikinis. And eventually that turned over. She did a sell, it sold out with less than like 10 or she said like 20 minutes or within yeah, it was 24 hours. Quick from the, yeah, 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 the very first one. And the second one was even quicker. Yeah. And it was even faster. And so in her journey, it was the quality that she made sure that she ensured in her and what she put out in the mm-hmm. world as well. A lot of us could be hustling, but are you putting out quality stuff? Right. That's the other thing. And so mm-hmm. she said she made sure every package felt like that person had a personal care package to them. Mm -hmm. And that I think carried her a lot as well as I was like looking at the care packages themselves. I looked at a couple of the reviews and it's so cute, so delicately wrapped. It makes a girl feel cute, makes a girl feel like, ooh, I'm treating myself, right? I was looking at the pieces. I'm like, I could rock some of this. Come on, hop on board, (laughs) hop on board. So yeah, and then that eventually got to her ultimate goal. And I don't think she's done yet. Mm -hmm. Homegirl is not done, but right now where she's at, not the peak, there's there's all there's more people. Yeah, exactly. There's more Once you create. conquer one mountain, there's more to there's climb. More to do. So right. if you listen to this, sis, yeah, like props to you. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what else you do. But now she's into the lingerie line, and that is just eating the game. Yeah. Eating the game. Every drop is sold out within mm-hmm. hours. So yeah. very proud of her. Again, Valentina Voigt, check her out if Definitely. you're into fashion, entrepreneurship as well. Mm-hmm. Same track. Absolutely. And homegirl. In connection to fashion. Not college. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, drop yeah. out of college. I think that's brilliant. That's beautiful that she was able to pick up on yeah. how she was in a space that wasn't serving her and then created her own experience. That's mm-hmm. incredible. And in connection to fashion, we have another person by the name of Aditi Mayer who goes by the brand name Adame across all of her social platforms. She is a fashion and sustainability blogger who really tries to blog and write and speak about the intersection of fashion and sustainability and social justice, mm-hmm. and does this on her blog, does this on her social media platforms, and really has created a community where she is very deeply invested in the intersection of social justice, labor rights issues, fashion and looking at that intersection and she does it so beautifully on her blog which you can look at at adime.com and she launched this blog in 2014 which is when she actually began her undergraduate studies at University of California in Irvine and she graduated in 2019 it's 2022 she's still keeping up this blog and has actually been rewarded quite nicely for it while talking about these very salient and important topics Mm -hmm. with people who are in the fashion industry people who are critical race theorists, people who are very interested in decolonizing the body. And that's very much what her work is rooted in. It's such a socially important cause that she's fighting for. And I love, again, similar to Kashish, Adame started this project when she was an undergrad. I'm very very big on that. I think it's important for all of us as aftergrads as we're thinking towards the future about how we're creating experiences both 
for industry, but then also living out our passions for ourselves. And it's very clear that and these also two understanding girls, the process and how long it really does take. Yeah, because a lot of people think that these people are just popping out the blue right. and all of a sudden famous overnight. Right. But no, like when you look at the history, when you look at the facts, yeah, these people have been at it for at least four years. Absolutely, and even longer some, sometimes. I mean, this blog was started in 2014. That's about six, seven years. Right. Since then, so. It's again, thank you for mentioning that because it is the process because the platform is so beautiful. The work you've done, so Adam is incredible. And uh, we know that you didn't do that instantaneously. It took time, it took work, it took research. Right. And it's the research that we did on you and all the other aftergrads that we're mentioning now as to why we're finding these these people so important to mention right. on this platform because it's you who are, in a sense, giving us the representation that we really want mm -hmm. for aftergrads because we are re recognizing, especially in the climate that we're living in now, right. We were talking about the great resignation in the past. People are realizing that there's something not right in terms of the professional corporate working situation that we're living in mm -hmm. that's not serving us entirely. It's not feeding our passions. So the fact that these people seemingly had the foresight to anticipate this outcome for themselves and create something on the side is so brilliant. And so in terms of where Adame is at right now, she's 25 years old and is actually currently doing a written photographic project where it's kind of a, like a mixed media bundle where she's going to be talking about what she talks about on her blog right. sustainability fashion labor rights issues but on a much larger platform with a government sponsored program yeah. and for my fashionistas out there i definitely highly recommend that you check her out yeah. she makes you think differently about fashion for sure in college i took an environmental science class and that really pushed me to think beyond fashion and how fashion can be evolved and right. how it can be more of substance um, and to have value as yeah. well and to have recognition as and how we contribute to dwindling our earth yeah. and how it contributes to envir our environment. And she really brings that up to the front and makes you look at it differently and look at clothes differently. Yes, for sure. Um, for me, it's, I'm very specific about what I like to wear mm -hmm. now. And I'm, I like to be, you know, companies might be lying. That's true. But I just like to make sure I have only what I need yeah. and that I'm not excessively buying things. Right. And a lot of the things in my closet are a reflection of that. Right. And so I really appreciate her bringing that to the forefront, mm -hmm. making people think differently about this fast fashion out here. But yeah. And again, it's not something that I even thought about before going to her platform or other platforms similar to hers in terms of the environmental impacts. Right. For me, my fashion was very aesthetic, but I appreciate how, and a lot of the people that we've mentioned today, they're very intersectional. I know that the work that Adame does, it's already intersectional in nature by virtue mm -hmm. of talking about fashion, sustainability, the mm -hmm. environment, labor rights issues, mm -hmm. that's intersectional in nature. Right. But in the sense of these people, we've mentioned Valentina, we've mentioned Richard Crabe, these people are being very intersectional in the sense of how they're bringing multiple industries together exactly. to create a tangible outcome, a tangible product that's bettering right. the industry. And then that's also allowing them to solve a solution or live out a exactly. passion within themselves, which is so important for mm -hmm. us. And I just claps yeah, to all exactly. of that. The way she manages to hit both of the, the duality of serving our earth while serving a fashionable purpose. Yeah. It's just, I well love said. it. I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that, that part. That's literally what you do. And yeah. Amazing work. Mm -hmm. So I was, I'm going to move over into the music industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those, <laughs> yes, we, we love our music. Mm -hmm. what, what's a song you like? Hotels, The Project by Jasmine Sullivan. Bodies, <laughs> bodies, bodies on bodies on bodies. Yeah, that, that album, the fact that I still have that on repeat is... A testament to Jasmine I'm Sullivan's weak. work. Yes, I yes. that project 
Jasmine, we're not talking about you as an aftergrad. I don't know if you went to college. I need to get into your gig more. <laughs> but I love you. Yeah. I am crazy about your work. And I didn't know about Jasmine Sullivan until Hotels. But then I had the privilege and honor she, of going back. Is she your back. favorite artist? Not my favorite artist, but one of my music icons, mm -hmm. I guess we can say. The yeah. voice is incredible. The personality yeah. is amazing. I just appreciate how sensitive she is when she's on stage. Mm -hmm. When you listen to her in interviews, she has this way about her where she comes off as a little unsure and not that's not with her gestures. That's yeah. with her actually saying, I didn't really know if people enjoyed my music. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know if people would want to hear me sing. Mm -hmm. I just really respect people like that who are willing to let us in in that way, but then go up to the microphone and just let us have it. Period. And Jasmine Sullivan bodies. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. We're not Sullivan. talking about Jasmine today, but yeah. we are talking about the music industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite. I, I don't have a favorite artist. I have artists that I just go to for certain moods and when I'm feeling a certain way. And so I will say two that I go to quite often more than others is J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Like, the way how melodic they are and how thoughtful they are with their words and how um, they really think out what message they want to put out into this, into this world. I just have high respect for them. But that brings me to Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey, guys, is an aftergrad, okay? He graduated high school and he was in high school and he knew he wanted to do music. Uh, he said it was a part of him, was a part of his soul, and it was definitely something he wanted to do. And when he looked around in terms of producing music, I want to be more specific mm -hmm. for the musicians out there. And he looked around and the gadgets that people needed in order to create the music, right? He was saying it was like the iPad or the MacBook, mm -hmm. and he didn't have that. He couldn't afford it, and he was, or I don't want to speak for him. I don't want to say that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he could, but he did not have those means. And he was looking around and he decided, you know even though it's, it seems like, right? Like those shadows, those cast shadows, those seemingly realities that you actually need these things, these items in order to produce this music. He was like, let me see if I can work with what I got. Right. And he created music solely from only his iPhone, Incredible. only from his iPhone. And then he graduated high school and he said, or he didn't go to college. Mm. He traveled, traveled a lot. And then he ended up resourceful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the music gained track. It, it gained attention, mm -hmm. right? And so then he ended up working with all these amazing artists. And he created this style that steps away from the EPLP format and steps into using just like the bare necessities and creates this rawness and organic sound that I heavily vibe with. I definitely listen to his music. One of my favorite songs from him is Ride. Again, Steve Lacey. Definitely check him out. And he has worked with a lot of the artists that yeah. I love so much. So the J. Cole, the Kendrick Lamar. I don't think he's worked with Travis, mm -hmm. but who knows what he's behind? I, I don't know. But he's he's in the background of a lot of people who you listen to, mm -hmm. I guarantee you. And guess what? He stepped down on his own and he used what he had around right. him and decided not to look at things the way other people did and approached music with a different angle. And that angle made him special and different and yeah. made him thrive. And so now he's 23 years old. Yeah. And he did that when he was 16. All right. Period. He was already on a different level. He was already thinking ahead. He was he already was he was already game. like, I'm on a different wave, y'all. Right. I'm different. Yeah. Period. But, <laughs> <laughs> built different, yeah. think different. So yeah, age of 16, now 23, and is living his best life. Very Beautiful. happy for him. Yeah. Yes, King. Especially starting that process at the age of 16. A lot of times we can't even think outside of high school. 
That's yeah. brilliant that you were thinking right? about my career at that early stage in my life. Or just knowing that what is for you and what is not for you. Right. Like coming out and just deciding I'm going to travel. Right. Or I'm going to work on my music. Yeah. You know, that's, that's great. That's that's a hard thing to step out on, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. I that's mean, people great. are now starting to get comfortable finally with the idea of not going to college. Mm-hmm. But even going through that process of saying it to people like, hey, I'm yeah. not going to college. Yeah. I'm going to pursue this, this or the other. That's still something that people are hesitant to saying. Right. But I, for those, I, I look up to those people. Yeah. Y'all have a- Definitely. Yeah. And in terms of the music industry too, much like the film industry, a point that I wanted to make, it's very collaborative. And I think he kind of showcases that even in the sense, I know he started off just making beats from his phone. He was making them from his laptop. That's yeah. what he had to work with. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the music, you know, I was talking about Jasmine Sullivan. You'll look, you'll listen to a song and obviously, you know, the singer or, you know, the rapper, you know, the person who's delivering it, but you, there's so many other pieces. There's the production elements. And I think it's great that we're highlighting someone who seemingly isn't on the front end on the particular industry you're referring to, the music industry. We know yeah. the pop stars. We know the people who are delivering these projects, but you have singer and song, you have songwriters, you have the producers, you have the sound engineers piece. who construct the final piece. Right, exactly. right, right. And if you're a part of that process, you can then build your front. So oh, now he definitely has a front. He can build his front. He yeah. has his front, mm-hmm. period. And it's good. It's good music. Again, yeah. check out Ride, one of my favorite from his list of music where he is the front, he is the face, and he is also like the producer, which I highly props. But he yeah. did start and mm-hmm. then helped yeah. others. And I again, like you're right, gaining mm-hmm. that experience, mm-hmm. getting that behind scenes. Yeah, very casual strength, back end, I Receiving guess. that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And now he's built a front. Now he's built his and own. And it's really dope. And so. he can bring more people into the fold and do the exactly. same, give back, much like we talked about in the allegory of the cave in terms of giving back to the people who still might be locked in the quote unquote cave, locked mm-hmm. in the same cyclical nature or the same tendencies or expectations. Yeah. Along the lines of, you know, working with what you have, much to the similar effect of what Steve Lacey was doing when he was creating music with just his iPhone. And speaking of technology, Gen Z, this generation, they're very tech savvy. They're very familiar with using and working with the the iPhone, with the iPads, with the MacBooks. They are very familiar with creating experiences simply from the comfort of their home. And I'm curious, do you have maybe like a favorite social media? I don't have a favorite influencer, but I do appreciate social media and what it's doing and um, how it's changing and how it's Mm -hmm. allowing people of coming from anywhere to be seen. Yeah. I really appreciate it um, to an extent. I feel like, you know, it, for, I know there's some people on one end of the spectrum who feel like that this is distracting and that this can be bad or like, you know, how some people see television, sure. like a waste of time. Um, it can belittle your brain and so forth. And then there's the other spectrum that's like all for it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, so for it that they kind of do, they go in the middle of the street to set up the camera and like do a dance and almost get hit. (laughs) I'm like in the middle. I really appreciate what it's doing. It's getting our eyes in for those who don't have access to different worlds, different people, different perspectives, different languages. That's what entertainment, that's why it's so interesting to me. Um, I believe there's a balance that people have to find, um, but you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. And I think that's in anything that we do and anything that we pursue, that's just a natural caveat. And to name some off the top of my head that I appreciate and that I like, to be honest, it's Adame. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really, she's the first person where I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to follow and I want to keep up with her. Right. Yeah, so that was, but even then, I don't really have a person that I go to or cling to, Mm -hmm. but I do appreciate that when I do scroll, Mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of different stories. I'm getting a lot of different information Mm -hmm. constantly of that work with my algorithm and what I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, for the people who might 
be listening and thinking similarly to you. They're not very tuned in to social media or not having like a favorite person. Obviously, you might be in the camp where you view negative outcomes in regards to social media. You might not be a person that views it because you think that it's very low culture. You think that the content isn't meaningful. Or you might be in another camp where you think that social media, you can learn a lot. I'm in the middle just like you. And I think that it's important to highlight people who are finding ways to beef up the quality of content that exists on social media. And one of those people who's doing a great job of that is a man by the name of Khalil Green. Mm. He is 22 years old and he's currently in his senior year of undergrad. Basically, people call him the Gen Z historian and builds a platform around Gen Z expectations for diversity, inclusion, and equity. And actually he was the first black president at his particular university. He's 22 years old and people like what to university? call him Yale University. Y'all hear that? The fact that he's the first black at Yale? Yeah, that's- I had to. You had to, okay, I yeah. agree. It's important to highlight the fact that he is the first black president of the student body at Yale. That's super important. Because if we back it up, mm-hmm. if we, for me, it was him actively partaking in his reality mm-hmm. and taking action on his reality before college that right. got him to, that got him spotted yeah. by an institution who appreciates people who look outside the cave. Totally. And that's what got him there. Yeah. It wasn't like for other people who are in the Ivy, mm-hmm. graduate from the Ivy yeah. and then act on it. And then like they have people to right. uplift them. Like he really did uplift it himself yeah, first. He broke the glass and then people saw, and I think, I think the Yale part was just, again, a product of mm-hmm. him doing what he does. Right. These are all examples of, again, mm-hmm. people who are really living up for themselves and right. having this life that we idealize for ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's after the hard work they put in. Right. And he definitely put in that and hard And he definitely work. put in the hard work through social media. I mean, he's very tech savvy, obviously, as the generation that he comes from, Gen Z, they typically are. They're very familiar with the platforms, and that's really what he builds his history and his advocacy around that you know he posts tiktoks where he's giving information around african-american history black history and trying to i guess you can say increase the quality of the content that exists on these platforms Mm. in order to build community outside of his undergraduate institution and in addition to that he's a very good public speaker he's been tapped to do many speeches in regards to simple topics but also more salient and serious topics in regards to black history in regards to African-American history. So he popped off on TikTok? He popped off on TikTok. Yeah, he has, he's on multiple platforms, but his biggest area where he gets his audience is from TikTok. That's where he really does a lot of his promotions, but he's built 20 million views across all platforms and around 500,000 follows across social media platforms. Yes, over history. Over history, which is not a very- And my history at that, you know, I want to be real and honest on this channel, like we got a little chapter unit for the week, but Mm -hmm. now that I can tune into TikTok and get some real substance of where I come from, who I am Mm -hmm. as a person, I'm just speaking for other people as well. That is a dope hub to go to. Mm -hmm. And it's just a different way to conceptualize social media, too. I think, again... It's used for good. It's used for good, right? Because he's bringing awareness to topics that seemingly and, quite frankly, haven't been discussed as frequently as they should. Yeah, and let me clarify. It's used for an algorithm that I believe in, which is Mm -hmm. having that duality, as you were saying earlier in the episode, that you can have multiple facets. Mm -hmm. You can be sexy, but you can also be smart. You can also inform people. Mm -hmm. You can use what you have, what you do, what you're good at to better another person. And that's, for me, that's an algorithm I vibe with. He will definitely be someone on my scroll. How do y'all feel about periods? (laughs) 
I hope, yeah, it's an uncomfortable, it might sound, feel uncomfortable if you're a guy listening in, but we have a chick who wanted to normalize that, and I stand for her. Her name is Nadia Okamoto. She wrote a book while in college. It's called The Power of the Period. And she was looking at the, the problem that she was looking at was that there was this misunderstanding, this non-communication of what is going on with the women's body. And in addition to that, the people who were in charge, as she described it, they did not have minstrels. The people who were making the decisions about the tampon taxes and also like healthcare for women with tampons and so forth. And she wanted to speak out about it. And she wanted to normalize this conversation that many find very uncomfortable to talk about. And it really should not, it should not be complicated and it should not be somebody or a man or anybody that mm -hmm. someone be like, ew, we're talking about that. This should be a welcomed conversation because this is how my body works. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I can get irritated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can get irritated. Mm -hmm. I can get irritated, but she's a woman and she's so empowering. She has such a beautiful story. And now she stands on this amazing platform and continues to pass the baton to other women and to speak to them and founded an organization, nonprofit that gives tampons to those who can't afford it. And in communities that don't have access to quality tampons mm -hmm. or pads. And, but then she also has information sessions in which she explains this mm -hmm. process and what it really means. So people can conceptualize and empathize with what we go through. Mm -hmm. And I just, so for her feminist yeah. Ag um, advocacy yeah. and just really great uh she also started a podcast it's right. called tigress yeah check her out there i haven't gotten a chance to listen to any of her podcasts yet but i definitely I've have been hitting episodes. some of the scrolls on her reels and mm -hmm. she's very entertaining what you listen to some, I've you listened said? To some yeah i've listened to some of her tigress episodes and they're very relaxing she's just really talking about her life and really being in the moment similar to how we operate here on this show, mm -hmm. but she's really just thinking it's not, it's kind of a separation from a lot of her period advocacy. Yeah. But it's just her updating her followers on her life and being very open, similar to how she does across her platforms, of mm -hmm. course, just mm -hmm. having very candid, open combos. That's what our generation is about. That's why yeah. I really love being a part of this generation. We are open and we're becoming transparent. And if you're not transparent about it, then we we know false when we see it and right. we're not about we it. it <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I actually now that you say that, mm -hmm. I did listen to a sample and she even covers her experience as an Asian American and some of the things that she has dealt with in her culture and some of the things that she explains to me and to other people what she went through as well, not pursuing that ideal life and mm -hmm. having to really, I don't know, um, mend the bond between her family and, mm -hmm. and it's just a very powerful, very powerful story. She also did a TED talk. She did right. many talks. Many. Th that's just to name a few. Again, we'll leak them down below. Absolutely. But this, this is inspiring. It is. This is what makes me like, whoo, okay. It, it might be, be down season right now. It yeah. might be cold outside and it, I might feel like this is getting very like slow mm -hmm. and I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing a pace. I'm not seeing a rhythm, but it's happening. Right. It's Again, I, I I really want this tattoo, guys. It's gonna be coming soon. I have no idea Ooh, when, but it's I don't know. I haven't designed it yet. I need to design it. Um, or I'm gonna have one of my friends sketch it up for me. I still need to get mine. I have. Oh, you want a tat? I want a tat. Yeah, I don't have any tattoos, but I have a quote that I want that it just needs to be said. Do you mind sharing the quote? Oh, absolutely. It's literally one of my favorite quotes. This quote, when it was said on the show One Tree Hill by Justin <laughs> Baker. Yeah, no, I live for One Tree Hill. Anywho, he was basically talking to his girlfriend, and basically the quote is. Happiness is not a place, it's an emotion. Mm. It comes and goes, and that's okay. 
And I think that that's, that's me to this gr- channel right now. Oh my God. All right. About. So that's, explain it. No, of course. I think that goes back to how I, we were starting this episode earlier in terms of the seasonal depression that I've been experiencing personally. And it yeah. seems like you somehow connected with that as well. But it's not a place. I think if we think of happiness as a destination that you're eventually going to get to, that's only going to make you more depressed. That's only going to make you un- displeased with the journey displeased Mm -hmm. with the small wins with the small moments that you could experience i think having an understanding of happiness and pleasure as an emotion that Mm -hmm. literally can come in a certain instance but then leave in another instance allows you to appreciate life because life is constantly going to hit us with different adversities and different obstacles and when you always that's why i need this quote i have it in my head 24 where do you want it i want it on my heart i want it over my heart yeah that's where i want this quote because literally when I saw it, I was in a very particular place when I was back in high school. It was a very contentious, very mm-hmm. tumultuous time in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I heard those words come across that screen, it just broke me down and I started crying and weeping. Mm. And it is just such a significant part of how I conceptualize life. So again, going back to the quote, I think it's just important for us to have that conceptualization of happiness. You can't think of it as a place there's no amount of money there's no amount of friendships there's no amount of follows that are going to give you that instantaneous or not even instantaneous but that finite moment of happiness that complete total moment of happiness there's always something in life that can arise that can give way to depression anxiety so mm-hmm. social anxiety emotional unrest and say the quote one more time happiness is not a place happiness it's an emotion it's an emotion it comes and that. goes <clears throat> and that's okay it comes and goes and that's okay. I, I'm I'm taking that with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that can keep me stable that I think speaks to these people as well is like you said, they weren't chasing money. They necessarily they were chasing Mm-mm. their heart. Their heart. Yeah. They were chasing what what made their heart thump. So the tattoo I was mm-hmm, thinking please, or sure. I really want <laughs> it's bamboo growth. I don't know how I want it on me yet. I have not thought about the logistics of it, but how bamboo grows. I really think I've developed over time and have grown as a person very much so as a bamboo grows. And basically, for those of you who don't know, bamboo takes a very long time to grow. In fact, it will look like a stub for such a long time, about five years. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it shoots up and it shoots up in like a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. And it's I think I just really resonate with it because sometimes I felt like um, in certain instances that I took a little bit longer when I was younger, that I took a little bit longer to understand things Mm -hmm. compared to other people. I would have to sit with it a little bit longer than most. I would have to really like, I I would have to put in a lot more work to get something compared to someone else. And before I used to see it as a weakness. And now I just really see it as a strength because I have an endurance with things. I like to sit with things for a longer period of time. And over time, I even begin to think of matured or different perspective mm-hmm. on that particular subject or matter. And right. so that's just how I run. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at things. That's how I grow. I really take my time with things. And then all of a sudden, in a matter of instance, do not underestimate. You I got shoot. It. I yeah. shoot. Right. So that's kind of this as well. That's mm-hmm. these people. Like you yeah. think that. I'm sure in their moments, like they thought they weren't doing anything, that they thought that they were still and that things were just so moving so slow. But then all of a sudden, boom, it shoots when it happens, happens. when that's when the right person sees it on their feed and retweets Mm -hmm. it. When the right person, you're in the right room with the right person, you pitch that idea and Mm -hmm. they're like, I got you. Yes. You get that. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. those are it's it will happen in an instant. And I just really feel like that can 
maybe uh, speak to someone else. But of course, in and that then another moment, instance that in terms of the people that we mentioned today, one thing that I think we want to make abundantly clear, I know a lot of times, especially in the period we're living in right now, like with the great resignation. Yeah. It seems as though sometimes we might be advocating for, you know, quitting your nine to five position. Yeah. Right. Or not even pursuing a nine to five job entirely. But I think on this show, one thing that we want to make perfectly clear is that we're never outright advocating that anyone should just quit their nine to five. I think we're advocating for people to prioritize their mental, physical and emotional health first and foremost, while also keeping in mind their passions that they might be pushing to the side in various yeah. instances or mm-hmm. living out. Back to the bamboo growth, that slow state, it could look different mm-hmm. for everyone. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have to be quitting that job. Maybe that's exactly where you need to be in order to get the right growing, to mm-hmm. be fed right, to be nurtured correctly in order mm-hmm. to make the shoot that you need to mm-hmm. eventually make. Yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. Like after grads, you don't have to quit that job. It That's not the only answer, but you that's, do need yeah. to look within yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be what you think it has to be. Like right. a lot of people are resigning and they're having this seemingly like revolting against, right? They're standing right. out because that the they're doing something that most aren't. I know it just, it seems to me like it, it stands out when someone like comes out on a social platform and they're like, I quit. Mm-hmm. I quit my job because I want to be defined against what society norm is and so forth they do seem like the revering person that night that's going into the dark right Mm -hmm. but you can be too in your workspace you can be just as you know seemingly confident and strong and fearless in the workspace as well and it doesn't have to look like the action of quitting your job being in the job can be a battle itself can be something that you're going up against for the greater good right Mm -hmm. there might be spaces that you're working in in which you are the minority amongst others right? But you need to be there to be a representation of your people, of where you come from, of your perspective. It is needed in that working environment, in mm-hmm. that corporation, right? So that that is the exact same act as someone quitting their job right. and defying the odds. You are also defying the odds by being putting, there. by your presence, <laughs> yeah. by what you bring to the table as a human being, as part of a queer community, mm-hmm. as part of a minority community, yeah. But it looks different for every person. It, it looks, looks different, different for, for every, every person. Aftergrad. Exactly. And you are an aftergrad too. Right. And that's that's, per- that's the point that we want to make. And then even while you're being that quote unquote representation for yourself, for the community, when you're in the situation, yeah. right? You're in the corporate nine to five. You were talking about the representation. It's super important for us to consider that when we're thinking about how we want to live out our lives. I think the names that we dropped today, we have Richard, we have Valentina, we have Kashish, we have Adam, and we have many others that we share today Yeah. who seemingly created something that was rooted in an internal passion, rooted in something that wasn't already existing within society. They saw something that was missing. They felt that there was something in society that wasn't being spoken for, Mm -hmm. and they felt it within themselves to share that with the world and to improve it and make it better and bring that light, similar to when Independent from the corporation. Independent from the corporation. Right, That goes into the idea of ownership. There's Mm -hmm. this girl... Her name is Paulina Pompliano over at The Profile. She launched this profile media company where she does profiles of really talented and noteworthy people. But anyway, she makes a statement in an article basically saying that we are the most powerful when our name is attached to the work that we are creating. And I want to be very clear that this isn't your physical name being attached to a brand or a business or a product. This is the sense that 
you, like you were saying, being you independent, you back it up with yourself. You're not backed by a larger corporation that you're working for, but rather you're creating something new in the sense of you somehow being the corporation that's bringing this new mm-hmm. experience, this new product to mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And when you live life in that way, Paulina makes the point that you're more happy yeah. with with work. You're more happy with your life because you are independent, like you were saying. And exactly. I think as after guys, I really want to drive home that point because even when you're in the midst of the corporate nine to five, having that mentality where I can still have things that belong to me. Right. right? And I don't want to assume that people are all having negative experiences at their nine to five. Right. But even assuming that still finding ways that you can execute on your passions within whatever space that you're in. And I just really wanted to bring that point yeah. to the table. Yeah, like in your independence, but also it can be in your dependency as well. Mm-hmm. I think that some people, you might find a company or brand that speaks to your perspective. Because right. there are beautiful brands out there yep. that could speak to what I'm for, what I am, de- and what I would want to back up. And in that situation, I think that's still... In the, it's still following my purpose, following what I want to do and backing something, putting my name behind something that speaks on something I want yep. to be spoken about. It might already exist and you hopefully you get to that space where you get to work for them, mm-hmm. right? And so it can look like in the dependency sense as well. And then that moment, if but I just want to say, if there's ever a moment where they, because companies, that's the thing, if you aren't in control of it, if they decide to go a different direction that doesn't speak to you, then that's where that courage needs to come in and be like, okay, now mm-hmm. as an aftergrad right i got a different perspective on right. it right so i'm gonna go this way absolutely and then that's when you can create something independent so you can go between independent and dependent honey bunny and you yep. can still be an aftergrad in, right. in here so exactly yeah we welcome you all it also gets into that you don't have to be a creative person mm-hmm. i know we're out here we're on a podcast we're on social media we're on tiktok right please find us there and subscribe if please. you yeah we appreciate all this all the support because we're really trying out here to create this bigger family and wider audience. And that is that is our, you know, route. That's right? our particular path that's, that we want to take. Exactly. That's something we would we want to kind of back up, yeah. right? And it 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 calls on the skills of marketing, mm-hmm. of using our artistic abilities. Right. And Photography, videography, exactly, exactly. audio editing. It takes in a lot of writing. work. So most of you guys might be thinking, well, in order to be creative in a space, you have to be an artist. No it's not that at all we can be creative in anything honestly it can be in how you think and how you do things and how you look at a problem and then solve it that's there's creativity in that as well we all are creative Mm -hmm. we all have it in us it's a matter of exercising it and creativity induces innovation and brings something different always and we're constantly doing that with or without art but i love art so don't (laughs) don't get me twisted please um so yeah do you have something to speak on that like I just want to highlight the fact that the people that we highlighted, the aftergrads, Adame, Kashish, all of these people are creative in their own right, too. They're being innovative. And I know you were saying that. One's medical field, one's health. Social media. Entrepreneurship, computer science. Mm -hmm. And that's fashion. That's the last part. Exactly. So all these different industries. And that's the point. Music as well. Yeah, we really wanted to highlight the full gambit of as many industries as we possibly could to make the point that creativity exists in all professional career fields. And as aftergrads, I think we need to think of ways that we can be creative in whatever field we're trying to live in because we're living in uncertain times too. Exactly. So the more creative we can be with how we execute our life, mm-hmm. I think long-term, the more successful we'll be and the happier we'll be because as I said earlier, happiness is not a place, it's an emotion that comes and goes and that's okay. Exactly. And that, like you said, a new decade, a new time, it's forcing us to learn different skills. 
and forcing us to enter and dabble into different industries as well. That's another commonality that I feel like we can see in another component of the aftergrad is that we're willing to see what's what's in the marketing field, right. what's in finance, hmm, what's in education, what's happening right. there. I kind of want to do a little bit of that as well. We encourage that. Mm -hmm. We encourage that learning of so many different disciplines. Right. I mean, it might be from the fact that both of us went to a liberal arts institution, but right. now we want to spread that love Even for further. those. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we want to spread that idea that it's going to require a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of something that's not I'm not familiar with in order to bring up and to conjure up something beautiful and right. independent and me yep. that I stand behind, like you were saying. And then trying to locate, again, we've talked about this before, but how we complement each other. When you are confident in your multifaceted abilities, then you can locate other people who are multi-talented in other areas that you might not be as knowledgeable in. And that's only building And we only help community. each other out. And exactly. exactly. Back to the very beginning point, it's like, you guys might feel like you're in a hustling state and I got to block people out mm -hmm. and I got to put my earbuds in. Y'all yeah, don't, don't know what I'm on. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> okay. Sure. Right. It takes people. It it took me meeting Kane to learn new things and have different perspectives mm -hmm. and vice versa. I hope vice versa. Absolutely vice versa. Of course. I've learned so much from you, especially the styling. Aww. I know I've highlighted it before, <laughs> but the styling, it's the styling. And then also just your mentality, the way you think about things, the way you conceptualize things and internalize things, that there's so much to learn from how you produce Thank you. items. You know, I feel like you're a production person. You you produce, and that's not in the media sense, but you you that produce. Black girl blushing. Yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> you're very intentional. I mean, I know we were trying to close out, but the way that you are very intentional with how you produce a product or produce a styling moment or produce a piece of anything, you put your heart and soul into everything that you do, and I really appreciate that working with you. And you got to find people like that and bring them into your tribe and hold them near and dear and close to your heart. So that they, you know, remain true to you and you can continue to lift each other up. Yeah. So Yeah. I if I if I start talking about how much Kane has taught me, I'm gonna end up talking forever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> so but to sum it up. We help each other out. And these aftergrads, thank y'all for the work that you've done because you have certainly helped me out. I've learned so much just from researching your stories ever so yes. slightly, and there's so much more to learn. I, I thank you for being not a blueprint, but just a really strong example of what... It's encouraging. It's very encouraging. It's, it's inspirational. And I hope that anyone listening is feeling inspired from these stories. I know I do. Yeah. Because these aren't as shared. I think this particular path that a lot of these people have taken for themselves, mm -hmm. it goes against the grain. It's not the conventional path in many senses. You know, we had one person, Kashish, who had a full-time offer letter from JP Morgan. And in many senses, people would say, oh, my God, why did you not take the offer? Right. And I'm sure possibly that that was a comment that Kashish received. But right. you continued forward. You and continued that's so forward. inspirational. And right. Thank you for your work. Exactly. Thank you, all of you guys, really. And for those of you who are feeling in this cold weather, we just send our warmth your way. We hope you're feeling it. You ho We hope you get the vibes. Yes. Because <laughs> we, we are wanting to spread that winter is almost over guys just Ooh. think it through we got like two more months almost there two more months yeah <laughs>Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Aftergrad podcast, a show where we unpack the Aftergrad journey. If you're interested, definitely follow us on Instagram at the Aftergrad podcast. Make sure to check out our visual version offered on YouTube. There you can like, comment, and subscribe, and we appreciate all of the love. And with that, this is the, the Aftergrad, Aftergrad podcast. podcast.
Oh my god, I'm ready I'm to book so a ready. flight. I'm ready for a beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some sand, some warm weather, exactly. a lawn to lay on. All right. Of it. What's working out looking like? Check in mm-hmm. because when that sun hits, when that warm weather You're comes ready. in, it shows, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back soon. 